T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Martin, another one of those boring weekends in football, wasn't it? <laughs> we, threw, we threw a little playoff baseball in there just to keep your interest up. Yeah, man, how about that great sports weekend for, for some? How'd you do in your picks? Uh, I think, let's see, I hit, what would I, what would I, to be nice, I'd say 66.663. I was, uh, I was six out of, uh, six out of nine, so six and three. Oh, look at you. I think you may have won. I don't know what the other guys uh, did. I know I lost my behind, if I can remember correctly. Let's start with Clemson, though. That That's the big upset. No, let's start, let's start with Texas. I no, 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 no. We'll yeah, get there. Definitely we'll Texas. get there. <laughs> they, they've gone back to playing no defense, man. Uh, and, but Clemson, and I want to start from this vantage point. Kelly Bryant, he wasn't right. Right? Wasn't even close to being right. Should he have played in the ball game? Um, yeah, I, I, I think yes, absolutely. In that environment, on the road, and all those things, but you have to build certain things into the certain things into your game plan if you're Dabo and company to take care of your guy. Um, I was very surprised, and it's something that, in retrospect, I'm sure Dabo got a letter Sunday about it or, or Saturday. Um, I was very surprised that, you know, the the act of throwing a guy down like that, you know, bouncing his head off the ground, um, wasn't something that, you know, drew a flag or at least comment, to be honest with you. No one even made any mention of it. I know the first thing that struck me watching it is, ooh, that can't be good. Randy, is, is Clemson still the best chance for a one-loss team to win the national championship. Do you still believe in them to be able to get the whole thing done? Well, they, they are now <laughs> after what happened to them Friday night. Um, yeah. The odds are, if you, you know, if you pay attention to, to college football over the last decade or so, um, I'd say you're not going to have absolutely two undefeated teams, much less one at the end of this thing. And if you look at all the schedules of the top teams in the country right now, there's, there's at least a game or two, where it's going to be a coin toss for them. You know, if Alabama gets through and doesn't lose a game, they're as good as people say they are. Um, but I think Clemson's got the wherewithal. Just remember where they're losing. I mean, they're losing at the midway point. And I know, you know, it's losing to Syracuse. It is at Syracuse, which is a traditionally not an easy place to lose. But we've seen teams throw some losses up. Um, but we'll see when the thing is done. I hate I hate this extrapolating compare losses midway through the season when it really doesn't matter. Let's talk about LSU. A huge win for them versus Auburn. I think all of us across the board thought Auburn could win that ball game. Although historically they've had trouble there in Death Valley, uh, that defense for Dave Aranda lights out there in the second half, shutting down the running game. But what stuck out in my mind was the fact that Jared Stenham, every pass he attempted, it seemed like it was always down the field, no intermediate throws. What was your takeaway from that matchup? Um, I, I'm kind of with you, I guess. I was I was stunned at how poorly the staff for Auburn really adjusted. And contrary to popular opinion, 
you do have to adjust even when you're doing well. Yeah. And they had that big lead. They made zero adjustments once things started sliding. And and that's something that really kind of caught my attention. We all know, DJ, about the talent physically that LSU has on defense. But, you know, this game and this win, especially doing it the way they did, being down as far as they were, that was all about, to me, two things. Uh, LSU's season was over if they lost, as was the tenure of their head coach. And everybody involved knew it. I'm not talking about on the sideline. I'm talking about in that building, in that state. It was it was a given, and they performed that way. Gio and Jones and Randy Cross across the country on CBS Sports Radio. How in the he- how in the heck, excuse me, did Arizona's eight state's defense play that well against Washington when we haven't seen that from them in a long time? It's sort of the nature of college football these days. You, you, you get performances out of it. How in the heck did, did Cal limit Mike Leach's offense to three points? Um, you know, how in the heck does Arizona do what they did to the Bruins? I just, it's, it, it's a very, very, I think, inconsistent from a performance standpoint weekend. And it's just like, Rick Neuheisel on Thursday night, he led off that inside college football show, BJ, we did, basically saying, hey, this is going to be a bad week in the top ten. You watch the number of losses and the number of bad performances. And, you know, suddenly you had teams like Clemson, like Washington, like Washington State, just look not even average. They they look like the team that was 1-4 or 1-5 coming into that game. Did, did he have a, a rationale for why just at the middle of the season? Maybe you are reading your press clippings, but a lot of these teams have been uh, up front uh, for many years, so they should be able to guard against that, right? You would think so. You would think so, but I think it's also, uh, you know, it's the joy of having a stupidly um, large salary tied to the basically the, the moods and biorhythms of 18- to 21-year-old kids. <laughs> You're talking about you Rick's know. salary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He and Adam together. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm glad no, you put I them mean, together. <laughs> imagine being in Rick's, world, Rick's former world now, but being mm-hmm. that head coach or being those coaches, and it's really your future depends on how focused these young minds are. And, man, you see right now that, we had at least half a dozen examples that, you know, at the worst possible moments, you know, as some guy just, bird, <laughs> they, they, they went they went sideways. I point that out every weekend. We're sitting there and I'm watching these dumb maneuvers by certain players and screaming at the television. We say it all the time. Dumb loses more than smart wins. Now, speaking of these coaches and these high-priced salaries, uh, you mentioned UCLA, your alma mater, Rick's alma mater, half of my mater. Uh, uh, Jim Moore there loses to, to Rich Ride in Arizona, Tennessee, Bush Jones, and he, he you know loses again. Now he's got to roll into Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Is this thing over there in Knoxville and, and maybe also in Westwood? Well, it depends on the taste that Guerrero and company in in L.A. have for, you know, what condiment they want to put on that $12, $15 million or however, however much they'd have to eat if they made a move like that. And don't think that doesn't go into the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Butch Jones, yeah, probably. 
you know, we, we talked about this constantly the last few weeks, BJ. What, what people don't bring up enough, it, oh, kind of it's the, it's, the, it's the poor Butch Jones kind of movement. This guy, this is his fifth year at Tennessee. And fifth years, you're well into turnaround. You're well into here's how things are. You know, those first two or three years, you're winning with somebody else's people. But right now, these are your people. This is your program. And the bottom line is, the last four years in the SEC East, you've watched Missouri win two and Florida win two. Not like Georgia has. Not like this has been these teams that, you know, just been been monsters. It's been for the taking, and he hasn't had the wherewithal to do it then, and he definitely doesn't have it now. Brian and I were talking about Notre Dame earlier, and we thought that with their schedule left that they run the table, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the college football playoff. Are you a Notre Dame believer right now? Um, we'll see. So I guess no. <laughs> um, I, I don't seed things well. I don't just say, oh, because they're Notre Dame, they got to be good. Um, and I think that's a crock, and I think they get too much of a benefit of the doubt, you know, contrary to our – our partner on the show, Aaron, Aaron Taylor's thoughts. Um, I just don't think by birth Notre Dame is good. Um, if they beat the people on their schedule with the, the lion's share of support that they get from inside and outside of the game, uh, there's no way they, they're, they're not a, a top-four team in that playoff. But I think they're going to have to earn it, and that's going to be the hard part for them. And that'll be cool. They need to earn it. All of them do. Oh, uh, you earned a, a hard-fought victory versus my Longhorns. I, I've been surprised, and I said this earlier, you can't spot your arch-rival 20 points. And, and although you do come back and take the lead, you you go ahead and leave wide receivers wide open once again. And this defense I, for Texas, I think they've taken a step back. And I see the biggest missing piece is a – and. Maybe not an Ed Oliver, because those are hard to come by, but someone yeah. close, maybe a tick below him, because they need a defensive lineman that can get out to the quarterback. They need a defense that can get out to the quarterback without having to bring the blitz. Well, you you mean guys like Oliver that it used to be a given went to Texas? Yes, true. Instead of other schools in the state? Yeah, yeah I, I think you're 100% right, BJ. Um, that's really that, that big defensive play, that, that tip pass by a linebacker that – the guy ends up catching it himself or it goes to a safety, that strip ball that in the past was there. And that, those are the kind of plays that the, those defenses made. And Oklahoma made them. And I guess we got to give credit to, you know, their quarterback, who I thought had about as good a game in a pressure situation as anybody out there because, you know, he really did step up there at the end of the game. And how you have somebody – you can talk about all the tackling you want, but isn't it a fairly basic thing if they split a tight end that you should cover them? <laughs> Dude, I said it earlier. He's the biggest <laughs> one out there. How do you miss him? Big number yeah, 81. Hey, yeah, what's wrong with this picture? That's a big dude split out. I'm sure he's going to run a route of some sort. Yeah, well, at least your team's not built like my UCLA Bruins are. That if, if one guy has a bad game, you're totally screwed. <laughs> Josh Josh Rosen Josh Rosen had a bad game, so that meant UCLA had no chance. Geo. That's not building a program well, by the way. No, Geo and Jones with Randy Cross. Uh, how good is Georgia in your mind? We know they're really good, but are they like national championship good? Um. Well, there's not, they're not quite as good as the guys that were slobbering all over them Saturday night on TV. <laughs> we're telling you, man. <laughs> um, 
because they're still Georgia until further notice, until they can actually um, pay attention for an entire season. They still have that potential to do what we saw teams do last weekend. Um, so I, I, that running game is incredible. That offensive line, Pittman's done an amazing job with that offense, specifically that offensive jo- line. They've got a very, very deep, stable, obviously, of running backs. That young quarterback does not make mistakes from – doesn't really do anything that makes you stand up and go, oh, he's not an evangelist. Let's put it that way. He cannot make 70,000 stand up in that stadium and yell, Jesus. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that's going to be a football team that's going to ride and die with two things. One is going to be the play action, and two is going to be that defense's ability inside to stop the run. Because if they can do that, that just plays into everything that's their strength on the outside and pass rush and everything. I've I've said that uh, Mel Tucker's defense is Bama East. Of course, he came from Bama along with uh, their head coach, Kirby Smart. Uh, mm-hmm. You think they can carry them, and they can the, – the big one coming up, you know, versus Florida, they can uh, get that victory and, and, and not stub their toe? Well, these are the spots in the past we've seen the Bulldogs just completely lose their lunch at the 50-yard line. So, you know, barring – Fielding or storming the field to celebrate their first score, or doing something else kind of dumb. You know, I, I think there. You go into this game, you should think Georgia wins by probably ten to fourteen points against Florida. Then you have to ratchet back from there and say, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game that, you know, it's a rivalry, all those other things. But it'll go down to the short strokes at the very, very end. And I think it's going to be a game. If you see them come out with a win, this could carry them the rest of the way to that SEC championship game. All right, one last question for you. We'll let you go. What the hell happened to the Falcons yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Matt Ryan did what he didn't do last year, and that's throw it to the other guys. Two games in a row where they haven't been able to finish off things, and that's been a real strength the last couple of years, where if you give them the ball with a minute and a half, to go, you pretty much are guaranteed you're going to lose the game. If there were then a you know five, six points, four points, they are going to score that touchdown. And now they haven't done it a couple times in a row, and they've lost some leads. And I don't care what anybody says, you're going to have instant analogies to the Super Bowl, instant analogies to the Super Bowl in your program that, hey, is there a problem with you guys that you can't handle success? As of right now, the answer is a resounding yes. Who's the best team in the NFC? Is the Eagles just by default at 5-1? and one? Yeah, you know, probably, judging by the way they looked the other night, too. Yeah. I mean, they looked pretty strong. They really did. Um, I, I hate to say it. BJ won't agree with me, I don't think. But, you know, the Cowboys are a team that is still really, really dangerous. You know, with or without Zeke, but they'll, they'll probably find a way in the course to make sure they have him for the whole season. And that makes Dallas a team that, you know, even Philadelphia, I think, is doesn't have enough to beat in a big situation. No, I think they'll still play a factor. I think the Cowboys will still be in the mix. I just don't think they're as uh, daunting a challenge as they were a season ago, and that's because of more of the issues on the defensive side of the ball, and I just mm-hmm. can't stand Terrence Williams on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, lastly, I guess, maybe, maybe not, Green Bay. Uh, I don't know during your great career with the 49ers you ever had to deal with Montana or Young or someone going out, you know, leader on that offense. 
and, mm-hmm. and having to pick the pieces up from that. But how yeah. does Green Bay navigate from here on out? Oh, I don't know. How about Joe Montana blowing a disc out in his back in week three? Well, there you go. That, <laughs> that was that was a little rough. Yeah. That, that 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 gave one pause. Mm-hmm. That meant Jeff Kemp was your quarterback. That was either week two or week three. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's a big deal. It, it's incumbent, you know, all, all that thing. I'm a hundred percent is the top of the scale guy, BJ. You know that. Yep. So I don't buy all this instant garbage. Oh, everyone else has to just give a little bit more. Everybody has to pick up. That's that's no. I don't think so. <laughs> You've got to change your game plan. You got to change your roles. You have to adjust as a staff because you can't give more than a hundred percent. Your line can't suddenly say, "Oh, now I'm going to really try," or your backs are going to start running hard, or your receivers and they'll try to catch. Green Bay's in a in a tough spot. Hundley with those three picks yesterday didn't buy himself any slack and I think you know especially with the uh, lawsuit being filed for collusion uh, by Kaepernick and his people um, I think it's going to put an incredible amount of strain on the NFL as to who exactly the keys are handed to and why that decision is being made because now you're going to have a chance for the media and everybody else to kind of micromanage in the league's business again. When you were talking about Montana, I had a flashback to early on in my radio career. It was probably about 11 years ago. I was running the board for a, a serious NFL radio show, and you were on remote. And you were telling some story about how someone sent you a picture of you in Montana hugging after the Super Bowl and how cool that was. But you said, you know, someone sent me a picture of me and Joe hugging after the Super Bowl. It's a really good picture. The producer goes, Joe Montana? And Randy said, no, Joey Boom Bots, you idiot. Who the hell do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> Just a normal Joe I'm hugging after the Super Bowl. Right. I never, yeah, I never I forgot that. Honest, that response does sort of sound like me. <laughs> yes, it does. Randy, I appreciate the time as always, man. We'll right, talk man. to you soon. Right. There he goes, Randy. Who the else would he be hugging? <laughs> after, he's also said after the Super Bowl. Right. And he the goes, greatest Joe ever. Goes, no offense, our buddy Joe Theismann, but come on. Guy goes, Joe Montana? <laughs> Joey Uh-oh. Boom Potts. Who the hell do you think I'm talking about? Uh, Joey Botafucho. <laughs> Joey Botafuco. Oh, yeah. God. Remember Joey Botafuco? Is that how you said his last name? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was some crazy, yeah, stuff. <laughs> I saw my wife. She was watching some documentary the other day. I came home on the John Wayne Bobbitt, that whole story. Oh, oh that'll make you, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can't be. That'll make you grab your stuff. I was like, hey, we have to have this on. Yeah. I was like, of all the things. Of course. Like, can't we go Manson family? <laughs> Anything, you know? The Mendez brothers. Right. How about Dahmer? How about Jeffrey Dahmer? Can we go there? Why we need would you him? go with that? I don't know. She was into it. Uh-oh. With the Stanley Cup finals back on. <laughs> yeah. I you don't, you right. better sleep with one eye open. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, we got to talk about that call, no call, bad oh. call, good call, Patriots, Jets. And a bogus... and your boy, who is that now? Your boy, AP. Oh God! <laughs> Flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah. Flash in uh, you the thought pan. That the Buc- Buccaneers thought that too. Right? <laughs> We're coming right back. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Geo and Jones. If you want to be, be on this show? You do it, boy. All right. 
you think you want to continue yeah. to be a, okay, a voice on this program. And don't make it personal. You do a good update okay. here. All right? All right. Will you? Well, thanks, Brian and Greg Giannetti. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Gibson <laughs> Man. and Justin Turner own the only game-ending home runs in Dodger postseason history. They came exactly 29 years apart with Turner driving a three-run shot over the center field fence to beat the Cubs last night 4-1 for a 2-0 lead in the NLCS. And the most important thing was obviously uh, helping us get another win. Uh, you know, but that's something down the road, hopefully many, many years from now, I'll uh, get to tell stories about. Turner's homer came off John Lackey as Joe Madden kept Wade Davis in the bullpen for a save opportunity, which obviously never happened. Game three, Wrigley Field tomorrow night. The Yankees rally from another 0-2 hole begins tonight in the Bronx. CC Sabathia starts against the lounge singer from Houston. First pitch <laughs> is just after 8 Eastern. Did you Astro- find any more good Charlie Morton or no? Couldn't find anything. Just live, enough. just live stuff. We've had enough. All right. No studio releases? There was a MySpace page. What? There was a MySpace page, but it was blank. Oh, okay. Wow. My page space. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> my MySpace my page. Yeah, that too. Did you have a MySpace page? I did, yeah, man. I definitely did. did. You did not? No. No, no, no. I did not. What are you on now? You're on Instagram. You're uh, on Twitter. Water. Uh, You're on Facebook? Yep. You're on Facebook? Are we Twitter, Facebook friends? Instagram. I don't oh, think no. so. I try not to go there. You're on... Um, Ashley Madison. <laughs> yeah, you hear <laughs> Farmersonly.com. <laughs> I'm on Farmers Only. <laughs> I'm going to ride my track. Better sex. <laughs> what? Bumble. No, my buddy signed me up for Bumble. Oh. He did. Yeah, I said, dude, you need to take that down. No. I've been on A little bit of this, huh? Stuff. Man brain. No. Woman brain. <laughs> Not on Bumble. He doesn't need the help of an app, Greg. He Thank just you. goes outside. It's not a help. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like he doesn't need to hunt, right? He can, he can go out and get his food at the supermarket, but he chooses <laughs> to do so. It's one of those things. It's not a need. It's a want. It's just no. a different way to get it. But he doesn't want it because he doesn't no. need it. Just walk outside. You just go to brunch and it Boom. happens. Brunch. And, and grinder you're on, right? What's that? Well, thanks, Greg. Astros bench coach. <laughs> Alex is, is that a real thing? Reportedly used. Let me Google it. Yesterday's <laughs> off day in New York to interview for the Red Sox managerial job, which she found. Never mind. He's also on the Mets and Tigers wish list. Colin Kaepernick formally accusing NFL owners of collusion, filing a grievance with high-powered attorney Mark Garagos. The Players Association apparently learned of the grievance when we all did, but says it will support Kaepernick. I'm doing serious news over here. Listen, if you want to be on this show, you have to go with the flow. The Titans' recent disinterest, reportedly the final straw for Kaepernick, at least part of his motivation is to decertify the current CBA, which can happen through a collusion conviction. That according to Pro Football Talk. The website also reporting that the Browns have begun contacting front office candidates, but the team calls that false and erroneous, which is the same thing. The Packers quick to confirm a broken right collarbone for Aaron Rodgers. He was hurt when Anthony Barr took him down the first quarter of a 23-10 loss in Minnesota. Rodgers could miss the rest of the season. The hapless Giants will not go 0-16, stunning the Broncos in Denver on Sunday Night Football 23-10. Head coach Ben McAdoo. Our record wasn't good, but that doesn't mean we're a bad football team. We're a good football yes, team. Yes, it does. Yeah. We just need to find paths to victory. We found one tonight. Now we have to start stacking them. Uh, 
when last night's path Stop. to victory included McAdoo giving up play-calling <laughs> duties to offensive coordinator Mike Sullivan. Eli Manning, a touchdown pass to Norris Jenkins, a pick six. Broncos QB Trevor Simeon missed some time with a left shoulder issue, and wanted Emmanuel Sanders left the game with an ankle injury. In the afternoon, the Chargers snuck past the Raiders 17-16 on a Nick Novak 32-yard field goal as time expired. Oakland has lost four straight, but Derek Carr ain't backing down. Oh, we have a good group that's always confident now. You know, we're never, you know, if you've ever been in a fight, you know, you get punched in the face, you don't just stop, you know. <laughs> if you do, then that says something else about you. Yeah. If, if I got punched, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, you don't just leave. Uh, no, you're not. You're going to fight back. Uh, depends who it is, yeah. right? I mean, unless they knock you out. I mean, if it's someone you think you can take... Yeah. Then sure, fight back. If it's someone who's just going to continue to beat upon you, well, then if, you probably should leave. If it's someone you could take, you probably wouldn't have been punched in the face in the first place. Well, unless it was a sucker punch and expect yeah. to come. Been sucker punched, yeah. That happens. oh, you have. Oh yeah, really. You want to tell that the is story? Shocking. No, you want to tell I, the story? I, I got my revenge. Okay, so they need to know. Oh, you did. Yeah. You want to tell that story immediately? I like. This. Oh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh. Little pop pop back. Huh? Boom! Hey out there, how's your anger toolbox? <laughs> Listen, Pete, I, I'm going on this journey with these good men who are trying to become better men, okay? I'm t- I'm taking part in the journey too. That was quick and good. That was apropos, buddy. Make sure you check that anger out there, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey! I get my point across. You check it! <laughs> Stop being angry! Hey! Your agent is a big part of the Better Man Show. Executive producer, yes. He was in here on Friday. Yep. The, the Jewish one, yes. Yes, the Jewish one. Mm-hmm. And and he said, I've been hearing a lot of the Better Man Show on this program. Mm-hmm. And almost said it in a way like he was unhappy with the clips being played. Is no. he, he's okay with no, it? No, he's okay. All right, yeah. let's make it sure. It's a little yeah. bit of passive-aggressive. I've been hearing a oh, lot of it that's on him. the show. Yeah. I had that go over there. You did a little promo for it on the on WFAN. Oh, man. we've talked about it a couple times I've been on there on, on, on the Fridays. Yeah. All right, good. It was all right. How's your sister? She's great. Good. Mary, yeah, you got yeah. to be married. They did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like Mary? <laughs> that was my sucker punch. That's the best I can do. Is that work? Mary, kick your ass. Hockey last night. Hockey last night. The Golden Knights beat the Bruins 3-1. to one. All right. Thank you. Very good. Yes. And uh, thank you for please don't suggest <laughs> any more websites for me, okay? Thank you. <laughs> All right. What have you found, Grinder? Thought you're already a member. No, <laughs> I know you're off it now. If anybody wants to sign Brian up, call now and Mike will give you a cell phone number. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you showed it built, anime. <laughs> <laughs> Jets, Patriots. Uh, Jets got robbed. Twenty-four, fourteen. There's eight thirty-one left in the fourth quarter. Robbed. Austin Safarian Jenkins, the tight end, catches a pass. He starts going to the. I guess left pylon in the direction that the Jets are going. He gets to that pylon uh, amongst many Patriot defenders, and it believes he looks like a touchdown. It's called a touchdown on the field. Every scoring play is reviewed. They go to the review, and they say that not only was it a touchdown, but Austin Safarian Jenkins fumbled the ball, and because of where he fumbled the ball, it is now the Patriots ball in the 20 because it's a touchback, because he fumbled it out of the end zone. <laughs> and 
I will say that, and, and people have been saying that this is the worst call in the history of sports, but there is, to me, you can see him losing control of the ball. There's, there's no doubt that at one point, Patriot defender comes in, knocks that ball loose. However, to me, you cannot tell if he ends up having control or regaining control before going over the pylon enough on review to overturn it. So I will not say that it's the worst call in the world. What I will say is that if they had called it a fumble on the field, it should have stayed a fumble on the field. And if they would have called it a touchdown on the field, which they did, it should have stayed. It shouldn't have been overturned, but I can see where this could have been a fumble. It's not like it was that obvious to me that it was the other way, whereas Gene Steratore, I believe, was, or was it Carrente or Steratore? One of the two. Uh, came out and Corrente. said it was Corrente. He said afterwards with the pool reporter who only gets to talk to the guy unless there's some sort of call like this after the game that it was obvious that he had fumbled the ball out of the end zone. It was not obvious, but I definitely saw that ball move. There's no doubt. And it's obvious that that was not the worst call ever, ever. The worst call ever, ever was Super Bowl thirteen. my <laughs> oh, Cowboys God. versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought you were going Des Bryant. When they cheated... And they said Benny Barnes interfered with Lynn Swan. Yeah. No. It was a horrible call. The second worst call was Des Bryant versus the Green Bay Packers. There is a jersey a, grab. You shut the hell up when I'm talking, Dean Blandino. <laughs> jersey grab. They said it was a catch. Then it wasn't a catch, even though it should have been a catch. That wasn't a catch. That was a catch, damn it. And so this one was horrible as well. He fumbled out of the end zone. Did he lose control of the ball? Yes. Before he hit the damn ground, he had control of the ball again. A fumble is when you lose the ball altogether. That's a fumble. Not when you lose control. When you lose the damn ball. He never lost the ball. So how do you call it a fumble? And you say he fumbled out of the end zone. He remained control of the ball. Well, what if or he regained control. What if he doesn't have control of the ball and he's going out of bounds is what they were basically saying. He didn't have control of the ball when he went out of bounds. Then that's the so call. So you're saying he had control and then he lost control. Right. And so that's a fumble. That's considered a fumble. Right. I disagree because you can clearly see when he rolls over as he's hitting the pylon, he has control of the damn ball. But they're saying that he didn't regain control in enough time, well, he, which is difficult. Wrong. It's difficult to see. They but, should not have overturned it. That no, was they should. They shouldn't have. But I do understand. I, I think that that rule is a fine rule. If he is, if he doesn't have control of the ball and he's going out of bounds at that point, then it shouldn't you be a touchdown. You call it incomplete. Incomplete. He already caught the ball. Okay, he caught the ball and he never lost control of it, or he but never he, lost he it, and he never completely lost the ball. The ball was still in his possession. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think if, you, robbed, if you're... If, Lover's man got robbed. you got to remember, it only would have been 24-21, so it wasn't yeah, even a tie game. I understand game. that, but you got the touchdown on the board. They were robbed, and they had Big Mo on their side. No, <laughs> Big Mo was Big on their Mo side. Big Mo was on their side. Now, yeah. Josh McCown, that one pick you threw to Malcolm Butler, bad throw by you, bad decision by you, horrible throw. Can't make that throw, dog. Can't do that. Yeah, and everybody say that that was the thing that absolutely lost them in the game. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. 24-21 at yeah, that point. Yeah, I know, but you don't even take the lead. don't even tie you it. You have momentum. All right, fine. But it's not like you're going to win the game. It wasn't yes, the last play of the game. game. They were going to win the game. You know they what? They were going to win the game. Austin Safarian Jenkins said after the game, he's got a better uh, command no, of that football. they were going to win that ball game. And then there was a bad P.I. that was called on Jamal Adams. I mean, come on. Let's really? uh, let's let's listen to Safarian Jenkins. He didn't know what he's talking about. Oh, he knows. No, he, he doesn't. Listen, he takes a side of the refs. The refs made the call. It went to New York. Those are the people that they pay to make those decisions, and it's out of my control. And 
you know, they were harping on ball security, and that was a great time for me to have great ball security, and I didn't have good enough ball security. And, and the ref said I wasn't, uh, whatever the ref said, the ref said, and, and it was a touchback, and you know, yep. I let my team down in that situation. Next time I got to stress better ball security. Did you so feel like you lost control at some point? I feel like I scored, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what the ref called. I'm going with what the ref said. They make, they make the calls, and I've got to have better ball security, and I've got to review the tape and make sure I make the necessary corrections so that doesn't happen again. Yeah, he right. didn't know what he was talking about. He wasn't yeah. even there. Make the corrections. He wasn't there. He's No, he put something in ASF. his Kool-Aid at the end of the game. Make the corrections. So now he's saying that. Hang on to the ball. You don't have to worry oh, about man, it. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. Hang on to the ball. You don't have to worry yeah, about it. Whatever. Better it's true. referees. You don't have to worry about no, it. I mean, Better they, control center. I, I do. I mean, as much as I want to go 100% on the other side, I really can't without feeling like a phony because it's still very, very tough to overturn that. It's very tough to overturn it, but I could see him losing control going out of bounds. I could see him regaining control as he's hitting the pylon. It's borderline, but that's why I you could can't. see him regaining control. And as this discussion pylon. that we're having here is exactly why they shouldn't overturn it on replay because there was not definitive evidence. They on robbed them. Robbed them. Still, robbed. Still were losing. That robbed. Place. They still were robbed of a touchdown. Yeah. Were they not? Yes, they were. All right, coming up next, Adrian Peterson takes some HGH. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. It's a joke. The guy's doing it all completely clean. All right, we're coming right back. Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Stay well. Stay well. Sounds just like I'm done. Stay well. This is for the podcast. <laughs> you were thinking along the same lines there. I don't think anything's going to be better than our falsetto from the other day, though. Your falsetto. Friday. That was pretty good. Yes. Time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. We go back to Lenny Smith on Twitter, <laughs> who <laughs> tweets us, If Brett Favre came back and started slinging for the Packers, how many wins would you give him the rest of the season? This winter, one out of four batteries will fail. Get yours tested for free during Superstar Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. If it needs to be replaced, O'Reilly has a Superstar Battery for you. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. That's interesting, man. Like, do you? <laughs> I bet you he could play better than Brett Hundley did once he came into the game yesterday. You see him in those commercials, man. He's, He's got jacked. his copper fit. Yeah, he <laughs> He's looks a good. Man. Uh, uh, let's see. How many games? Nope. They played six now. He, he wouldn't do anything, man. That game is so hard, and it's passed him by, even though he may think He'd win a mind, game. No. You don't think he no. can win one game? No. I think he definitely could win a game. Mm-mm. I mean, how much, how much worse is he going to be than some of these guys we've seen? He can't play worse than Kevin Hogan did yesterday. Mm. I Honestly, I don't think you can. I think it's Im- almost impossible to play worse than that. <laughs> Kevin Hogan can get out of harm's way at times. I'm, I'm yeah, it's, sure that's Brent Hart cannot. Right. right, that's the that's the big part. Of that's it. it. How long he wouldn't last very long. Right, he just get wallop. You know how sore he would be after that first practice. <sighs> he wouldn't be able to raise his arm. I still day. think he would. I still think he'd win a game no. or two. You are crazy. You don't think he'd win no. a single game? No, no, no. He wouldn't be out there long enough to win a game. We just agreed on, on that point. Well, well no, I, w- I didn't say that. He wouldn't be out there very long. Maybe like he wouldn't be like four or five weeks he wouldn't make it. I don't know. I'm saying he at least won a game. What do you think, Mike? They have the Browns on the schedule. Okay. Win a game. He did win a game. Not because of Brett Favre. But still, he would win. He'd be he the knows, winning quarterback. Well, wouldn't be, you still want your winning quarterback to contribute. Man, the Browns. 
I just I'm uh, well, so disgusted mm. by them. They re- I mean we talked about this in the break. If Deshaun Watson was drafted by the Browns, would that franchise just suck the life out of him too? Like as good as he's been, or would he be the guy that would turn them around? Like it's amazing to me. It's like I almost think he that- would turn them around. He has that it factor. He would turn them around, and I just can't believe. What about well, Wentz? Yeah. Uh, so it's just so all these guys they're picking. It's all their fault. It's not like the culture there or anything mm. like that. Well, Manziel we know is a terrible pick, but like Brady Quinn, Sean Kaiser, Kevin Hogan. I thought Kaiser should have gone back to college. Now I am surprised that Hogan has played as poorly as he has, playing in a pro style offense in college and playing down well. They miss him there at, at Stanford, even though they thumped Oregon. Like, it's no one's business. Yeah, th- those days are over. He was terrible yesterday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> over. I don't, I don't get that. And I know it's Stanford's your first start, but wow. What was that, dude? Yeah, so I just, I'd be fascinated to see some of that stuff. Like, if, if Watson was on the brand. I just, there's, they really are. It's it's maddening how bad they are. Um, And it doesn't, they just keep picking and picking and picking, and they trade away picks and get more picks and then draft a bunch of losers. And That's it doesn't matter do. which regime it is. It's just continually right. drafting losers. And, you know, when Hugh Jackson's there, I mean, they're going to go. They might go in 16, 1 and 15 again. Uh. Two wins, two years. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, as much as I don't want to give him credit, he looked good yesterday. I mean, to huh? me. I didn't hear you. He looked good. Uh-huh. He looked really good. Uh, I mean, I thought the guy was totally done. I still believe he's totally done. How do you say I still believe he's totally done when because he just said he looked good yesterday? He looked good yesterday. I think he's done. Because I think this is it. That's all you're going to see from him. This is going to be. He had his one game in the Sun. Things didn't work out for him in the Saints. He has this one great game, and then you're never going to see or hear from him again. That's. I got to stick to that. I cannot believe that he's going to be totally rejuvenated there with the Arizona Cardinals, and then just be great. I just think this was a an aberration of it could of be. all aberrations. We, it could be, but uh, you saw the value of having a running back that can threaten a defense because it opened up the floodgates in the passing game, and it could be a one-off. I'm going to say it's not. The guy has some fresh legs, hadn't had a lot of run uh, thus far this season, and, and he went in and injected that offense with some enthusiasm and a running game, and it helped to get a couple pieces back on that offensive line, but now you have to, uh, you have to scheme against that balance that the Cardinals showcase uh, yesterday. So uh, good for him. Over 100 yards, couple touchdowns. Good look for him. Sure, it was. I cannot deny that. Uh, but I, I don't believe that he's going to go now and, and, and have a 1,000-yard season after yesterday. And, and by the way, Larry Fitzgerald was as wide open as a human being has mm-hmm. ever been in the NFL yesterday in the first half. Because <laughs> of that running I mean, game. I, I, sucking him up. That Tampa Bay pass defense is in a Abomination. There was one pass. I don't know if it was the Fitzgerald or not, but Justin Evans got turned around. He couldn't even find the damn football. It was so embarrassing. I mean, Carson Bomber's a guy who declared dead a while ago. Looked yeah. unbelievable yesterday, too. <laughs> Everyone knew, asked whether or not they're dead. Yeah. They end up dying. Now, if you right. declare them dead, right, they, they, they come they, back to they life. Come back. <laughs> I know. Now, this next ball game will be definitely tough for AP and, and Arizona. It's the Rams. And that defensive front. So if he could make some hay versus that, I think we'd have to. That defense issue. doesn't scare me as much as it did last year or the year before. The Rams? Yeah, they haven't played. They haven't been that good. They went look good on the road yesterday after giving up the initial long run to Fournette. Yeah, they still gave up a seventy-five. Okay, run. they got it out of the way early. 
Okay. I don't know. We're going to make our mistakes early and be done with it. Yeah. I don't know. That would be uh, a good test. That Saints-Lions game was one of the weirdest games I've ever that seen. That was crazy. How can yeah. you... All right. So this is one of those, you wake up the next day, let's say you know nothing about the game. You look down, you see the Saints score 52 points. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Drew Brees' line. He didn't even throw for 200 yards. Right. How do you score 52 points in the Superdome and Drew Brees doesn't throw for 200 yards? You know how? You force the opposing team into turnovers. And Matthew Stafford, five turnovers, oh. a couple of pick sixes, fumbles. He had it all. It was There were more defensive touchdowns in that game yeah. than I think defense and special, and special teams, teams right. that I've ever seen. Yeah. It was just crazy. And and first of all, the Saints should have never sweated that game out. I don't know what the hell Sean Payton was doing. And Sean Payton... I mean, I know that the team has won a couple games in a row, but then Adrian Peterson goes to Arizona. It looks like he's rejuvenated where he didn't use him at all in New Orleans, and I still don't think he's going to do much, but it wasn't a good look for him. <laughs> and then he almost let the team, I mean, he almost let that game slip away yesterday. They were up by 1,000. Yep. He's throwing the football, continuing to throw the football when they're up a million. It's like, come on. He's too damn cute. I mean, someone said the other day about the, the Giants, and oh, I was talking to a Giant fan. They go, maybe we can get Sean Payton if they fire McAdoo. And I'm like, eh, is he <laughs> is he still like that coveted head coach? Like, yeah, won a Super Bowl all the way back in that, that 2009 season. Well, I think it's because of the uh, Bill Parcells pedigree. and having. But, been, yeah, I understand why you uh, think that, and he was there. But I'm like, it's like, is Sean Payton still, you get that excited about Sean Payton? Still has that cachet? I don't think so. Yeah. Personally, I don't know. I would agree with you. I, I mean, I think so. that once these guys, they win Super Bowls, everybody's all over them, but it's like... Well, yeah, because it's so hard to do. But it's been a long lot, time. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? I would agree with that. And that was, what, 2009 season? Nine, yeah. Yeah, the 2009 season. That's when, you remember how they got there? That's how long ago it was? Yeah. Remember how they got there? The little NFC Championship game against the Minnesota Vikings? No. Brett Favre pick? Remember that one? Uh-uh. Cross the body? I don't remember that. Yeah, I you do. You sure that's what it was? Positive. I remember that. Adrian Peterson, a couple fumbles in that one, too. So, Percy Harvin, too. Yeah. Spit up all over themselves in an NFC Championship game. Shocking. Never happens to that team. Only happened in 98, 2000, 2009. Yeah. You really think I'm making this up? You don't remember? No, no, no. I'm looking at you because you're really bothered by it. Well, why wouldn't you? No. I mean, and now it's like. No, I just get over it, man. Yeah, sure. You were just screaming about Super Bowl thirteen. But I'm over it. Yeah. For okay, now. Sure. Until it bubbles up again. Yeah. Still wasn't a pass interference, Benny. But I wish I could find that referee. Jackie Smith dropping the ball right in his hands. He's probably dead now. That Who? Ref. The ref. I probably Whoa. just brought him back to life. <laughs> <laughs> he just had the best day of his life. No, I, I mean, it's a long time ago. Super it was Bowl not. 13? It's like, it's fresh. It's like it was yesterday. What year was that? 70... <sighs> See, Seven, they won. No, no, no. 79. They won 12, 12 13. 78. Yeah, thir- no, yeah, 78. You're right. 78, 78. season. Because then F- Super Bowl 14, the Steelers won against the Rams. It's just like yesterday, man. Yeah. The Rams beat Dallas in the NFC Championship game. You over that one yet? No! Thanks to Randy Cross. Cheaters. Mikey B. Petey Meats. Bogish Pierno. Talk to you tomorrow. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.